You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddyo. So there was a decent amount of news. I'm going to take a day to process it. Primarily what I'm talking about is the uh, Brian Gutekunst interview. I didn't know that that was coming. Um, and I, I again, I want to kind of take a day to process it. There's a whole bunch of questions. I got a flood of them because there's a lot of speculation. Um, I kind of halfway listened to it, but it's hard to um, tell your family, hey guys, um, I'm going to tune you out for a while, because it's it's live, and so there's always going to be interruption. So anyways, I need to re-listen to it, and kind of, before I draw any conclusions about what a lot of other people have drawn conclusions for, I want to hear it for myself. Because context is important, right? And, and inflection, and every other kind of way in which it's said, depending on the phrasing of the question, whatever. Um, the other reason that I want to put it off is because I had planned to do a mock draft today, so <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I set out to make this the be-all, end-all, right? Like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really do my homework and look at all these new rumors that are coming out, and it didn't take long for me to realize, man, you could go in a million different directions really early, and once you get to that point where you've got three or four different choices and you pick one and you realize the implications of if they go the other way and then you start incorporating trades, it's, it's, it's hard to do a mock, especially this year, that is going to be sort of your predictive mock. You know, like this is what's going to happen. Very hard to kind of... In the past, I didn't have as hard of a time. but uh, So it kind of morphed into what I think is going to happen based on rumors, and then toward the end it was more or less, I'm not as worried about the rumors as I am about uh, what I just think makes sense for the team. Now, it's not what I would do. Well, that's what I've done a lot in the past is what I would do, Mox. This is not necessarily what I would do, although there's a little bit of overlap when I'm looking at it in terms of what makes sense, because obviously it's what makes sense to me, right? Anyways, that's what we're doing today. And... Um, because I don't plan on doing basically two mocks in a row. This will be my final, at least public, unless I decide to do one and post it up on Packernet, this is going to be my final uh, mock draft. couple little notes. First of all, and most importantly, I want to say happy early 21st birthday to Brian from Indiana. This is probably not the most fun time in human history to turn 21, so um, my heart breaks for you a little bit there. But to be completely honest, I don't think any good decision has ever happened on a 21st birthday. You're probably better off just staying at home with no friends. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. But it's 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 funny, so I said it. But uh, I hope you enjoy it, man. And then secondarily, this is... And I know I'm always kind of... The winds are always shifting with what I would like you to do. Obviously, support the show in all the ways that I've talked about in the past. But the big push this year... I've got big goals for the end of the year is to build up the Facebook page. I've talked about that a little bit in the past, but I didn't really do anything with it. Um, we're going to be utilizing that quite a bit. So that's going to be my big push. Um, if you listen to the show, and if you wouldn't mind liking the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, that would be it's a very free and easy way, if you have Facebook, to support the show. 
I have been posting, um, I've been sharing it in the group because as much as I want to incentivize it, like if you want to see it, you better go to the paid. Nobody's there and nobody watches and I want people to watch the video, so I've been <laughs> sharing them in the group anyways. But I, I probably will start transitioning to the Facebook page, including what I'm planning to do is a stream of the draft in the Facebook page. So if you want to be a part of that, maybe you already have draft plans, I don't know, but I've had a lot of people ask, that's going to be in the Facebook page. That's where I'm going to be streaming that from. I still don't know how I'm going to do it. I should probably figure that out, but um, that is going to be the plan. I think that's about it. Remember, we are doing a t-shirt giveaway this month. If you want to jump in on Patreon for as little as a buck a month, it'd be greatly appreciated. We did crack 115 patrons, and let me just make sure real quick. I'm not sure I said thank you to everybody. So Connor, Matthew, Paula, Jonathan, thank you guys very much. Uh, Connor took us over the edge there to get us to 115. So we are doing a t-shirt giveaway, assuming nobody drops out. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you jump in. Anyways, let us take our break and uh, do the final mock draft of the season. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the 2020 online draftathon Zoom chat is officially live. Belichick, if I could, if I could get you to, to mute your mic, please, and stop saying inappropriate words, uh, that would be great. Thank you very much. Mr. Ursay. Do you really have to drink straight from the bottle on a live video call? Can we wait or possibly pour that into a Pepsi can to give the illusion that you're having a soda? No? Okay. And not now he's just bottoms up. That's great. That's great, Jim. Well, folks, we're going to get started. Jim doesn't have a first-round pick anyways. I don't even know why he's here right now. No, Jim, you cannot make a pick. Can you mute? Okay. Put your hand down. Thank you. All right, let's get started. The Bengals are on the clock, and as per usual, I'm not going to waste any time. The Bengals are picking Joe Burrow. The Redskins are picking Chase Young. Okay? I'm not going to waste time going over that. That's just what it is. Now is when it gets interesting, and I'm actually going to do something different than I've done in the past. Obviously, the, the question is, what are the Lions going to do? And I'm going to pretend the Lions are a little bit more competent than they are and say that they're going to do the right thing. No, they're not going to take another tight end early in the first round like they've done twice, which has been a 
probably a bad decision twice. Here, here's my thought process. It, it seems as though they really like Jeff Okuda. That's fine, great. But I have to believe that there are several teams that want to move up and take a quarterback. I have to believe the Dolphins are calling just to solidify. I mean, obviously the Lions and Giants aren't taking a quarterback, so if everything stays the same, you're getting your quarterback. But if you're the Dolphins, you want to trade up because somebody's trying to leapfrog you and you don't want to let them. So you want to get out in front of that. So the Dolphins are calling, the Chargers are calling. Um, I thought about the Panthers. Well, I guess I guess we'll get to that. But I, you know, either way, the Chargers and Dolphins are the only two calling right now. And the question is, if you're the Lions, would you rather move back with the Dolphins or the Chargers? Remember, a lot of people are saying the Dolphins trade up here and take a quarterback, but it's really up to the Lions. And the question is, what makes more sense to the Lions? If you take a trade from the Chargers, what's going to happen? The Chargers are taking a quarterback. The Giants are maybe taking one of the guys you like, but not definitively and probably not Jeff Okuda. Although, if it were up to me, it would be Jeff Okuda, but that's a separate issue. And then the Dolphins are taking a quarterback. So why wouldn't you take more compensation and move back one more spot with the Chargers and still get your guy? Because there's no reason not to move back an additional spot. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trade with the LA Chargers. And um, because my uh, Excel is not working, I don't don't have the ability to uh, see what the compensation was. It's in my notes that I cannot read, but they are going to trade up. They have the compensation. I want to say it's like a third, which seems low. Maybe it, maybe it was a second. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter for our purposes. The question is, is it Herbert or is it Tua? A lot of people have put the Chargers with Justin Herbert and said they really like Justin Herbert. I'm going to stick with, and we got to keep in the back of our mind, and this is what kind of made things complicated, is the idea that the, the media is just way off on a lot of things. I'm going to stick with my belief that Tua is kind of far and away the top quarterback outside of Joe Burrow. That it's still Joe and Tua, and then a gap, and then Herbert, and then a gap. So I'm going to have the Chargers trade up to number three, and they're going to choose Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, Alabama. With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Now again, why Andrew Thomas? There's a lot of rumors about what the Giants want to do. I think Jeff Okuda makes a lot of sense because I think they have maybe the cor- worst cornerback group in um, in the NFL, but I've heard nothing about that. And apparently, uh, Matt Patricia, or maybe it wasn't Patricia, I don't know, somebody with the Lions organization had to answer to the rumor that cornerbacks are not generally taken early because they're not seen as a good value early. I've never noticed that. I feel like cornerbacks are taken wherever they're valued. We haven't really seen a cornerback that people view as a top, you know, top five talent. But I, I don't remember ever seeing this guy's a, a top ten pick. But I don't want to take a cornerback that early. I mean, I thought it was pretty widely considered to be one of the premier positions. So I, I don't know. Either way, the Giants and their GM are very well known for liking guys in the trenches. He did that when he was with Carolina. And there's a lot of talk about possibly taking Derrick Brown, but I just don't think that makes any sense. They have a, a pretty bad football team, and one of the areas in which they're not really that bad is along the defensive line, especially defensive tackles. They could use some pass rush help, but not defensive tackles. They have three guys, including Leonard Williams, who surprisingly is only 25 years old. The oldest defensive lineman they have on their team is 26. So they have three quality guys that are, I think, 24, 25, and 26 years old. I'm just not taking Derrick Brown, especially when we need offensive tackle. We have a lot of offensive tackles. So then it's a matter of who. 
I have been consistent in thinking Andrew Thomas goes first. I did get the ability to watch him finally. I really do like him. I think he's a very quality guy. There's been a lot of guys that have challenged him. Andrew Thomas has fallen. Other guys have risen. I, I just, I'm going to stay steady on this. I just think that he is going to be the premier top guy. Now, whether or not the Giants think that or not is, is a completely separate issue, but I'm sticking with Andrew Thomas here. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select, not surprisingly, Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. There's a lot of people that think the Dolphins prefer Herbert anyways. This could just be smoke. I don't know, but the comment has come out that nobody has done more work on Herbert than the Miami Dolphins. It might even be for this situation because it kind of makes sense that the Chargers are going to be able to jump him and take Tua. So you'd want to do your homework on him and make sure it doesn't necessarily mean you like him. If you know you like somebody, you don't really have to do homework. If you're doing homework, it's because you're trying to decide if you like him. Right? You don't go to summer school for the class you got an A-plus on. Make sense? But um, I, I doubt they pass on Herbert at five. We'll see. If they don't want Herbert, I would say they're probably eh, trade-down candidate because they have so many needs, or they could take a tackle. I don't know. But they're taking Herbert. With the sixth overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jeff Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State. I think offensive tackle could be on the table. I think Derek Brown could be on the table, although they've they've invested quite a bit along the defensive line and have not had success. So the question becomes, do we keep swinging at it until we hit it, or do we just kind of say, you know what, we've invested enough, we need to start investing in other areas because they're all eroding, right? Because every area you don't touch on, um, it, it just begins to erode. That's all teams do over time. Your team is getting older, you're losing players. And if you just focus on one position, all the other positions erode. So I don't really like focusing on one spot over and over and over and over and over again. So again, I'm going to give them the credit of being competent enough. Although I don't think cornerback is their biggest need, Jeff Okuda does, I think, maybe give them the best ability to go from being wherever they are to being better, right? The, the biggest improvement they can make would be to take Jeff Okuda, I, I tend to think. Because having a real lockdown corner and then two capable corners outside of that, I mean, when you've got a really good cornerback group, you've got a pretty good defense just by itself. With the seventh pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. So it's kind of interesting when I looked into it, their GM, he was a Panthers longtime GM. Then he got fired because the Panthers weren't doing very well. They, they had the uh, GM that the Giants now have. He got fired, and they brought him back. I forget names, so excuse me. I'm not going to be Googling all this stuff because I have to get through it. I just I don't remember anybody's name. The interesting thing, though, is the year that this guy got fired, you know who he drafted in the first round? It was Luke Keekley. He drafted Luke Keekley, and then he got fired. And all that success that they had for all those years under Gettleman is his name, the, the now Giants GM, was largely due to the draft picks that the now Panthers GM selected, like Cam Newton, like Luke Kuechly. So it would be sort of not only a, a good pick and a replacement for Luke Kuechly, which is necessary, but it would almost be sort of a redemptive kind of thing. Like, I was the one that got this guy. You fired me, had a lot of success with my draft picks, and now I'm going to come back and I'm going to get the next Luke Kuechly. That obviously depends on whether or not he actually likes Isaiah Simmons and thinks he can be Luke Keekley, but that's a separate issue. We're going to pretend he does. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Derek Brown, defensive tackle Auburn. So I think this is kind of just the, excuse me, I didn't mean to poke the mic. 
the floor for Derek Brown, who is a dominant, dominant defensive tackle. And I did my Raquan uh, Davis. People want to say Raquan Williams. That's a separate guy also in this draft class. I showed why I didn't necessarily care for Kinlaw, or at least what some of the flaws with Kinlaw were and why we shouldn't be so high on Kinlaw but give no respect to Raekwon. And I tried to do that with Derek Brown, but I just couldn't. <laughs> it's just I would just be lying. Because everything Raekwon does, Derek Brown does, just to a better degree. Maybe athleticism isn't quite there. I don't really know. Not that Raekwon has a lot of it, but if you know if you're trying to run laterally, maybe you take Raekwon. I don't know. But just the raw power of, of uh, Derek Brown is just ridiculous. And so I tend to think this is the floor. The Cardinals need a lot of stuff. Wide receiver has been widely seen as a need, but obviously they've, uh, I think they've sufficiently supplied their quarterback with wide receivers. That team does need a lot of wide receivers, which is why they keep on adding more and more and more. But at this point, let's just cool it and, and do something else. I think, again, offensive tackle could be a need, but I think the biggest thing is Derek Brown can't slide anymore. They do need help at defensive tackle. Derek Brown is the best available player, so that's what we're doing. With a ninth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, Alabama. So why Wills is really the only question. They need offensive line. There's several available. There's a couple different things. I wanted to look at the Jaguars draft history and they are a team that likes to draft kind of locally. And if it's not Florida, it's tends to be sort of a southern team. So I didn't care for Iowa's Tristan Wirfs as much because that's Iowa, which is in the Midwest. There's also Mackie Becton out of Louisville. But the Jaguars have taken tackles out of Alabama before. As much as I'm not a really big Wills fan, and maybe this is one of those areas where the quote-unquote media is getting it very wrong and Wills is not going to be this high. I don't really want to rest on my ability to scout tackles. I'm going to stick more with what the consensus big boards are, as well as the Jaguars' tendencies. And then the the final kind of tipping the scales thing, as much as I think Mecky Becton, I know that's not how you say his name for any new listeners, I just refuse to say it any way other than Mecky Becton, okay? Would be the supposed failed drug test. And I didn't look into it to find out what or how severe it is or how much anybody actually cares, but little things like that when you have three available quality tackles, maybe you just kind of lean toward, let's just take Jedrick. And I think the, the fourth thing was the fact that I, I believe Jedrick is going to be a little bit more of a right tackle, which is a bigger need for the Jaguars. With the 10th overall pick, there is our second trade of the evening. The Browns are on the clock, but they are going to trade down with the Atlanta Falcons, who are going to come up from 16. Now, this is sort of a dueling thing in terms of rumors. There's a lot of rumors that the Browns want to trade down. There's a lot of rumors that the Falcons are going to be extremely aggressive in trading up. The additional rumor is that they're trading up for defensive help. Now, I think they need edge help. They need um, defensive tackle help, not as much, but Javon Kinlaw is a question. And they, the, the biggest rumor is that they want cornerback help. So kind of to unpack this with the Browns, the rumor is they want to trade down and take Ezra Cleveland. Now, I thought it was weird because they draft early in the second round, and even if you trade down, you're you're taking Ezra. The, The point is they're not trading down to take him in the first round. They're trading down because they don't want any of these tackles. They're okay taking Ezra in the second round. So with that being the case, and I even thought, okay, so what? You don't want one of these tackles, but why don't you take somebody else? When you look at the guys who are available, who are a good value, it's kind of just, nah. If you're not taking a tackle, which they should, by the way. Maybe this is all smoke. I don't know. And why Why would you pretend you want to trade down when you don't? You just want offers so you can laugh at them and say no? I don't know. I don't understand half of these strategies. 
But they should take a tackle. If they're not going to take one of these guys because they're okay with second-round talent, then, yeah, trade down and pick up extra compensation, which, again, I don't know exactly what it is. I believe the Falcons are giving up a second because this is a pretty big jump. And, again, I'm just trusting that they're going to be aggressive. And so with the 10th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. Now, there's a lot of question marks about C.J. Henderson and where he should go, but the latest rumors are he could go as early as top 10, as in inside the top 10. So if he makes it to 10, and we know the Falcons want to be aggressive, and we know some teams think C.J. Henderson is a top 10 pick, and we know the Falcons desperately want cornerback help, this is not unlikely, especially with the rumors that the Browns want to trade down. So that's what I did. With the 11th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. So a lot of people are probably freaking out about, there's no way Mecky falls this far. I shouldn't call him Mecky if I'm not going to say his last name. Mecky Becton is not going to fall beyond this. Trust me, he's, he's falling quite a bit in my mock. But again, it just comes down to, okay, what do the Jets want? A lot of people say wide receiver. Yeah, I've always been kind of iffy on that. Besides that, Brashad Perriman has already been brought in. Offensive tackle, I think, is a bigger strength right now and a, a bigger need. You can get wide receivers in the second round if you want to go that route. I think you take one of the big boys at tackle. The question is who? And again, it just comes down to you got two guys. First of all, Tristan Wirfs has been consistently higher on the consensus board than uh, Mackie back then. So that's the first thing. Uh, Tristan has been considered a right tackle. Not sure if he can play left tackle, but the bigger need for the Jets, a massively bigger need for the Jets, is right tackle, especially since they brought in Fant to play left tackle. Fant is not good, but they still brought in a left tackle, so now you draft Wirfs to be your right tackle, and there you go. It all just kind of comes together. Now, of course, you could just take uh, Mackie Becton, put him at left tackle, put Fant at right tackle, but again, we're, we're leaning toward Wirfs, who has been higher on the board, who is a right tackle. And then again, there's the drug test issue where you, you kind of just say, let's just go with Wirfs. For all the reasons combined, Wirfs is the guy. With the 12th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. Oh, everybody's going crazy. I should have seen he lamb. Look, man, bottom line, the Raiders' defensive line is a joke. They drafted a edge rusher early. He's been terrible. Maybe he'll get better, I don't know. I've mentioned a thousand times how their GM has talked about how interior pressure is unbelievably important, and Javon Kinlaw does provide that. I have questions about other aspects, but his ability to fire off the line and generate pressure is unquestioned. Beyond that, the Raiders are picking again at 19 with the ability to trade up if need be. With, I mean, go through the list. CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Denzel Mims, who apparently they like very much. Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson. All these guys are available and you're picking seven picks later. You're going to be able to get a wide receiver. You're not going to get another chance at a Javon Kinlaw. This is not a very strong defensive tackle class. You got two guys that are really good football players and a bunch of guys that are kind of, maybe. Take Kinlaw now, get a wide receiver later. Very simple process for me. This is not even a very hard decision for me. With the 13th pick, the 49ers are going to accept a trade from the Philadelphia Eagles who are going to come all the way up from pick 21. And with the 13th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. So there's a lot going on here. And i got to speed this up, but I want to explain the process. 
First of all, the, a lot of talk the 49ers want to trade down because the fact of the matter is they have two first-round picks. They don't have a single pick until the fifth round after that. That's terrible. Now, a lot of people are saying, no, they'll pick at 13 and then they'll trade their pick 30, uh, 31. Yeah, but you're not going to get very much compensation unless you trade all the way to the back of the second. Why not trade back in the first? You don't even have to trade back that far. You're still picking 21 and 31, and you're getting an additional second-round pick from the Eagles here. That, to me, makes a lot more sense than trading from 31 back to, you know, I don't know, 10 in the second round and getting, what, a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick? I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I, I this is probably where I would rather go with it. And there's tons of rumors now that they're looking real hard at wide receiver. If that's the case, you can go to 21. I don't necessarily believe that's the case, but if it is, yeah, 21 is fine. Now, as for the Eagles, when the Raiders didn't take a wide receiver, this is about as late as you can expect before people start taking wide receivers, right? In this range around 12 where the Raiders are. The Eagles have a real opportunity here. Um, they don't necessarily need to come up and get Jerry Judy, but you're not going to get too many more swings at this. Not only because of, again the run on wide receivers but the fact that other teams are going to start trading up to take these guys and so we can wait for Henry Ruggs to get a pure speed guy but Jerry Judy in my opinion is just the total package he brings you the speed he brings you the route running he brings you everything so why mess around wide receiver is a massive need for our team take the speed that Ruggs gives you not quite as much speed but take the speed take every take the top guy because the thing is if we sit at 21 we're not getting any of these top guys and that's what we need so we're going to trade up anyways probably why wait until Jerry Judy's gone to trade up and get Henry Ruggs when we can trade up now and get Jerry Judy? So that's sort of my thought process there. Why not CeeDee Lamb? I mean, aside from my bias, which I'm trying to dissuade, which is not the right word, but it felt right, um, I think the Eagles desperately want speed, and CeeDee Lamb does not bring you that. With the 14th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also going to be trading back. Very simply, the Buccaneers have a decent amount of needs, none of which are super tempting right now, and I feel like we can get some additional compensation, and we need a decent amount, and so if we can trade back just a handful of picks, I really feel like we can still get some quality and get some additional picks to help out with our team and our, our growth process. They're going to accept a trade from the Las Vegas Raiders. As I said, you can still trade up. So the Raiders did not take a wide receiver, took Javon Kinlaw. The Eagles came up and took a wide receiver, and so the guy that I, I tend to think the Raiders probably want the most is still available. And so with the 14th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Again, I'm not a big fan, but who cares? The Raiders are looking for a wide receiver. I don't think you necessarily need game-breaking speed. Maybe they do, but I, I think just taking a quality, you know, let's call him a DeAndre. If he is DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think the Raiders really care that he doesn't have blazing 4-3 speed. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have 4-3 speed. Not a single person on this planet cares. Well, except Bill O'Brien, apparently. He's, you know, not the biggest fan in the world. But outside of him, not a human being on planet Earth would care how fast uh, DeAndre Hopkins runs. So the Raiders are able to walk away from this, and let's say they traded a third. I know there were a lot of third-round picks being offered up in these trades, which feels about right to go from 19 to 14. They gave up a third-round pick. They came away with Kinlaw and CeeDee Lamb. I'm, you can't be too mad about that. With the 15th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select 
Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. So the interesting thing about this is teams are trading up because they know the Broncos are taking a wide receiver. If Jerry Judy falls, they're taking Judy. If CeeDee Lamb falls, they're probably taking CeeDee Lamb. Maybe, I'm not entirely sure. So the Eagles and Raiders are kind of panic trading to make sure they get a guy before the Broncos. The interesting thing is I don't think the Broncos care because they, they kind of want Henry Ruggs anyway. So it's it's not so much that we're trying to spite the Broncos because the Broncos are fine. It's a matter of we have to do it or we're not gonna we're gonna miss out on our guy. So everybody's happy. The Eagles are happy they got Jerry Judy. The Raiders are very happy they got CeeDee Lamb, and the Broncos are very happy they got Henry Ruggs. Three wide receivers just like that go flying off the board. With the 16th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the the um, Cleveland Browns, who traded back from 10 to 16, select Patrick Queen, linebacker, LSU. So I tend to think there's going to be a good amount of people who would want them to take Mackie Becton. Maybe they should. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I understand linebacker isn't as important. And yes, they can wait until later to get him. But remember, they're using their second round pick for a tackle. That was kind of the big issue. I mean, it. That, that, that I guess that was my biggest question at this point. If, if you trade back and, and Mackie Becton is still sitting here, do you, do you question yourself a little bit? But I wanted to stick with the formula, right? What what's the We're doing this because we're okay with Ezra in the second round. Now, obviously, we can't necessarily assume he's going to be there. Maybe we have to trade up and get him. Whatever. We're not worried about that. So if I'm not taking a tackle, what am I doing? I think they have a terrible linebacker group. Um, and then the, the only real question is, do we take Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen? Patrick Queen is now higher on the consensus board. I think he has been for the most part. Kenneth, there's a, It's such a weird thing with Kenneth Murray. There's a lot of talk about him being possibly going real early and teams really liking him. There's other conversations about him. If you listen to my interview with Mark Jarvis, he's not impressed at all. Wouldn't take him at all in the first round. And there's talk about that. He might not make it in the first round. So he could be anywhere from like pick 10 to second round. So I, I just, I think Patrick Queen's better. I think the consensus is that Patrick Queen's better. And so I'm just going to have him take Patrick Queen here. Makes sense to me. With the 17th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Kalevon Chason, edge rusher, LSU. So this was a weird one. I didn't really know exactly what to do. I mean, getting some interior help would have been nice, but it's too early. Maybe could have tried to trade back, but I don't know. I'm sure somebody would have tried to trade up to get Mackie Becton at this point, clearly. Defensive tackle, there just really aren't any. Safety is what they've been wanting for a long time, but they went and got HaHa Clinton Dix, so we could get a safety, but he's kind of more of a long-term thing than a need today. The one glaring thing is they don't have a second pass rusher. They don't have a good one anyways. And so as weird as it seems, because I feel like nobody's done this, maybe this is more common than I think, but getting that second edge rusher on this team kind of just is the one thing that was staring me right in the face this whole time, so I just pulled the trigger on it. It just kind of makes sense to me. With the 18th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Mackie Becton, offensive tackle Louisville. Now, here, here's the conversation. I don't think he could really super realistically make it to 18, but I'm going to ride with it because of the drug implications. And again, I don't know how bad it is. I don't know if teams even care that much about it, but we've seen in the past when guys have issues, they tend to fall. The other question, and I'm sure a lot of Packer fans are freaking out about this, is why wouldn't you have traded up to get him? Because we can trade up there. We, if we offer up a second round, we can get that far. We could get him. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give up a second round. We need our second pick. I understand how critical that could be. I wouldn't hate you for doing it. I just, I can't give up my second pick for that. So I don't even know if I announced that the Dolphins select Mackie Becton offensive tackle Louisville with the 18th pick. I, I don't, I, did I even do that? Point is, the Dolphins are just on cloud nine because what in the world are the odds of this even happening? 
I would have thought Mr. Becton would have been in play in the top five, much less being available at 18. But this is a glorious thing. We got Justin Herbert at five. We get a, a really great tackle to come in and help us out as we desperately need all the way down at 18. We're super excited. We couldn't care less. We, I mean, that's, that's nothing compared to what we're doing down here in Miami anyways. So go ahead and bring whatever you got on you. We'll have a party and uh, we'll go uh, be a terrible football team together. All right. With the 19th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who traded back with the Raiders from 14, select Xavier McKinney, safety, Alabama. So again, this this just this was in play at 14 as possibly my pick, anyways. Talented player, huge need for the Buccaneers, and we picked up an additional third-round pick. Still got Xavier McKinney. I'm on cloud nine. Now there's a lot of talk. We should probably help Tom Brady. We've got great wide receivers. We have a talented tight end. We have a decent enough offensive line i'm not taking a running back this early so just just work on defense i understand we have tom brady i understand you want to help him out he's got help he's fine with the 20th pick in the 2020 nfl draft the jacksonville jaguars select justin jefferson wide receiver lsu we just saw recently that they were continuing to purge and got rid of another wide receiver they really i mean they need help everywhere man bottom line we're helping build up our team so that next year when we draft a quarterback, we'll have uh, provided him with some support. <laughs> and so we've got Jedrick Wills at nine, and now we get Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. So if we have a bad enough season and end up getting one of the top um, quarterbacks next year, he's going to have some some help coming into this. With the 21st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the 49ers select, having traded back from 13, Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Oklahoma. So, you know, again, wide receiver is a consideration, but no, especially now that we missed out on Justin Jefferson, it would have been a bigger consideration at that point. I just really don't like their linebackers. I think defensive tackle is another consideration, and there's been a lot of talk about it, but there's really not a lot of talent, in my opinion. It's more late first, early second type guys. It's just too early for that, maybe with our next pick. Um, and Kenneth Murray is just kind of the, it's it's Kenneth Murray, or we wait until getting those sort of second or third tier linebackers in the second round but why not just take them now again i i I, the the 49ers paid for quan alexander and i I tend to think they still really like the guy despite the fact that he's a terrible linebacker and maybe i'm still the only one banging that drum but bottom line they don't have good linebackers they need linebacker help with the 22nd pick in the 2020 nfl draft the minnesota vikings select christian fulton cornerback lsu bottom line i think that's their biggest need I mean, last year they had terrible corners, and they lost all of them. So they don't even have terrible corners anymore. They need help desperately. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they trade up. Now, they need enough stuff that it would make sense to keep these picks and, and draft more. But if, if you know, I don't know, say, for example, Okuda slides past the Lion. Now you got the Falcons, but also the Vikings may be looking at, mm, maybe. I mean, if, if the Lions don't take him for whatever reason, Who's the next in line to take him? I don't know, but again, they desperately need corners, so they're going to take the best one available. With the 23rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select A.J. Epinesa, edge rusher, Iowa. Oh, man, another one that's going to make people go crazy. Look, we took a wide receiver in the first round last year. We have two veterans on our team right now in Edelman and Sanu. Wide receiver, as much as it's being talked about, is not the biggest need that we have. This team was dominant last year because of our defense. Here's the other thing to consider. 
I, I strongly considered quarterback, but you know what? The bottom line is we don't have a good quarterback on our team, and Love is not the answer. Hurts is not the answer. These are not very good quarterbacks. I'm just going to say it as it is. I don't think Love is a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's Trubisky. And so for the Patriots to get desperate is ridiculous. Why don't we work on building up that foundation, get that defensive line going? You got these guys who are kind of inside-outside versatile like Epinesa is to play that role on the Patriots' defense. It's a foundational core piece, and we're, we're probably just going to have a terrible year. But guess what? We're going to make a push for a quarterback next year, and then we're going to have had built a foundation. I, I, I just, I genuinely think, as weird as it sounds, that's the best play. It doesn't make any sense to to reach on a, a guy like Love when you can legitimately just be a garbage football team, which you probably will be, and have a shot at a much better quarterback next year. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the top two guys who are probably going to go picks one and two, but you might have some better options. we got to see how that all fleshes itself out. There could be other quarterbacks that are coming up in a big way uh, next year. If I just look at my 2021 big board, you got Trevor Lawrence, number one, Justin Fields, number two. But at number 11 overall, you got Matt Coral from Ole Miss. You got to go down a little bit, but you got Matt Trask, quarterback out of Florida. Oh, I skipped over Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. He's at 24 overall. So we've got at least four that are right now considered first round guys with uh, Trask and JT Daniels looking at second round guys right now. And again, we got to see what happens from this year. Other guys are probably going to rise up the ranks. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wait it out, man. I'm not, I'm not taking love. No chance. With the 24th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive line, Michigan. So I believe Cesar Ruiz is a center, but we're probably going to be playing him at guard because that's pretty much the one need we have on this team. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And again, you know, well, maybe you should get a quarterback to eventually replace whatever. No, they got a guy that they like, and um, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, clearly, that's what we're trying to do. We've got a team that's poised for it. We've got one glaring need that I can see on this entire team, and that's a really bad guard, a left guard, and I just want to upgrade that, and that's what we're going to do. With the 25th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select... Jalen Rager, wide receiver, TCU. I think I did this last time. It broke my heart last time. Now, I don't think he's a... Again, I've been doing breakdowns from my perspective on wide receivers for some time uh, in the Facebook group, Facebook page, if you want to see that. I really like Jalen Rager, but there are questions. With all these guys, there's questions. Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager are almost exact opposite guys. I want to see Justin Jefferson do what Jalen Rager does. I want to see Jalen Rager do what Justin Jefferson does, and I don't really see it from either of those guys. So there's also the issue, as was brought up um, by Billy in the Facebook group, about him being just small, not necessarily size-wise, but the way in which he plays, right? He's not a very physical guy. He's just pure speed. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of making excuses for why I'm not heartbroken by this, but I'm, I'm kind of heartbroken by it. And as far as the Vikings, it, it just kind of makes sense. He is a Stephon Diggs replacement, right? He's got speed. He's got hops. He's going to be a downfield threat. I don't necessarily think it's the biggest need for the team, but it is going to be a pretty big boost for the team that could use his help. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Grant Delpit, safety, LSU. So we've gone two times to the offense. We could technically go offense again, but I, I'm looking at a really good football player out of LSU, a guy that was at one point considered a top 10, possibly top 5 candidate that is at the back of the first round, 
going to give us the ability to kind of help the defense out, which we have not done yet. Safety's a need. Delpit's a good player. And so we're, we're, just, we're just taking swings, man. we got so many holes, it's kind of crazy. With the 27th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle, TCU. So this was kind of interesting because I didn't want to just take what made sense for the Seahawks because they never do what makes sense. They, they typically want to reach a little bit for guys that they like. And I shouldn't even call it necessarily a reach, although every single one of these picks the last two years have been reaches, no question. But it's the, the bottom line is um, they just don't care. If I like the guy, I'm taking the guy, and that's it. And so I'm looking at a team that desperately needs help along the defensive line, which still feels weird to say for the Seahawks, even though they haven't had that Legion of Boom thing for years. The defensive line has just been decimated. Um, I thought about taking an edge rusher, which was kind of the one thing that was glaring because of the talent. You got Yatura Gross Matos, for example, who's just sitting there as a potential edge rusher. He is higher on the board than Ross Blacklock, but I also wanted to look at tendencies, and they do tend to stay out west. Now, TCU isn't technically west, but it is, I mean, it, we're, we're talking significantly west of, say, the Mississippi. Also, their last first-round pick was TCU, so that's about as far east as they want to go. And so as I'm looking at prospects and I'm, I'm trying to highlight some defensive tackles, they took a guy out of TCU last year. That one just kind of stood out to me as a guy that they would probably like at a position of need that is generally not seen going maybe quite this early. I shouldn't say that. He probably is. But it's, it's unexpected enough. It's probably not enough. I should have done something even crazier because it's the Seahawks, but that's that's uncomfortable enough for me. With the 28th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson. Now, I probably could have gone Denzel Mims here because it's, again, I'm, I'm kind of just looking for a big body guy to be a compliment. Uh, to the fact that, number one, they don't have very good wide receivers. As I've said several times, one of the worst wide receiver groups in football. But it's a compliment to Hollywood, who's sort of the smaller speed guy. So, And because I don't have, I'll just tell you now, I don't have Mims going in this draft. Uh, if you want to just replace that in your mind, that's fine. I probably should have gone Mims because all the rumors that he's going to go early. So let, let's just do that. We're going to say Denzel Mims <laughs> uh, is the pick. With a 29th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Yatura Gross Matos, edge rusher, Penn State. I just, and I think I was even doing this last year, I kind of get bored with this pick. The Titans just need some more help off the edge. They've tried and they haven't been successful. I think Matos would be a relatively good pick uh, or a good fit for what it is they do. I, I, to be completely honest, I haven't watched him until about a, since about a year ago. I was watching the 2020 draft class early last year. I watched some of the edge rushers. And that was the last I saw of him. So I, I, that's the, I didn't watch any of him in 2019. So I, I can't speak to... I just know I haven't been a big fan. But I also know that he's been consistently a first-round pick since last year. He has not budged off of that. So that's what we're going to do. With the 30th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers are going to accept a trade from the Indianapolis Colts and drunk Jim Ursay. That's right. Packers are trading out of the pick and out of the first round and all the way back to pick 34. They're going to pick up a fourth round pick as compensation. And so we're going to dip into the second round here. Get excited. With the 30th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. So I'm not a big fan, but you could see 
a team trying to trade up to get their guy. You get that fifth-year option with your quarterback, which I think is still a thing. I don't know what the new CBA, what all the new rules are, but I'm going to stick with the old rule. You're getting your fifth-year option with this quarterback, which makes sense. The Colts desperately need quarterback help, in my opinion. Probably not everybody's, but I think the Colts also believe that. And we're just going to pretend they really like Jordan Love. So there you go. If Jordan Love makes it, I think the Packers are a prime candidate to move back, and the, and the Colts only being, we're talking four spots back. We're moving four spots back and getting an additional fourth-round pick out of this. And also, when you just look at the the wide number of guys, maybe you've only got like one or two left on your list that you like. To be completely fair, guys that you could put on a list and say, who do you think are candidates for the Packers at 30? There's got to be a list of at least 10. we got Mims, or in this case Higgins. you got Hamler. You've got several tackles that you could consider here. It's a big list. Moving back four spots, there's going to be somebody. Maybe not somebody that you particularly love or I particularly love, but you already know. With the 31st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle, Oklahoma. So again, we're not going wide receiver. I want to kind of patch this up. Now, they've got a, they've still got a good defensive line, but... They do have a hole now, which I don't think matters. They've got such talent along the defensive line, but they're making a big deal out of it, and everybody's making a big deal out of it, so apparently we got to patch that one hole. But we, we went out and really sealed up the middle. We got Kenneth Murray, then we came back and got Neville Gallimore. I feel like the um, ability to stop the run is, I, th- I think we're there now. I think we got it. Big old thumbs up, all right? With the 32nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select DeAndre Swift, running back, Georgia. So I, I believe Chiefs fans don't necessarily like this pick, but I, I don't really care. The, the, listen, here's the bottom line. DeAndre Swift is by far the best player available. Are we really going to say no just because he's a running back? And some people are screaming right now, yeah. You're taking the best player available at a position of need. Calm down. And the things that DeAndre Swift is going to do for this already elite offense... I promise you, you're not going to be complaining come October, November, all right? Chiefs fans being all responsible over there. Don't take a running back in the... Relax, man. Just just enjoy it. It's like a kid's parents offering him ice cream and the kid saying that's not healthy. Just eat the ice cream. With the 33rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, first pick in the second round, the Cincinnati Bengals select... Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, Georgia. Now, on my consensus board, which I need to get to work and update that for the final time to give the final 2020 board. I know, uh, what's his name from the uh, the Athletic just released his, which, poof, I've been doing this all year, brother. You, you got nothing. Also, he said he's got like, what, f- a billion boards? I promise you he's using some garbage boards. But anyways, I'm not trying to be biased or anything. Bottom line is, um, Isaiah Wilson is being talked about as a possible first-round candidate. A lot of people really, really like him, so we're going to have the Bengals taking him here to help protect Joe Burrow. They do have a tackle coming back, but I still think they could use, I, I know they can still use some offensive line help. Terrible offensive line, and that's assuming their first-round pick last year comes back healthy and is a good football player. we got to see how that goes. But uh, Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia is the pick. And finally... And we are going to end it here. And I, I strongly considered, but I thought it would be too cruel, not making the pick and then going into the Facebook group and saying, you guys decide. But that would have just been mean, and um, I would have probably lost listeners because that's so mean. But with the 34th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Zach Bond, linebacker, Wisconsin. So I actually made this decision because, first of all, it, it just kind of made sense. He was just sitting there. He's high up on the board. We desperately need linebacker help. When you look at PFF and you look at the two guys and the grades they have, 
I prom I, I shouldn't say I promise, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if that is the worst linebacker group in football. No Packer fan wants to hear that because, oh no, Christian Kirksey, you don't understand, he's really good. No, he's not. And Oren Burks is legitimately one of the worst in football. We're, we're, we're too high on Oren, and we're too high on Kirksey. If you just look at where they're currently graded, you're not going to see a worse tandem in football. Now, can they both be better than that? And has Kirksey been better than that? And does his injury pay? Of course. It's a really bad group, though. And if I'm just not a Packer fan, and if I'm, I'm just looking at this, I'm saying this is the easiest pick of my life. One of the top guys on the board is a linebacker, and this is a horrible group. Easy pick. Now, I did at that time decide I'm going to go watch Zach Bond again, see if I can get a beat on him, see if I can really like him or not, because in the past, it's like he's just an edge rusher. I don't know what to see. I really like him. I mean, I don't know what clicked. I really like Zach Bond. I mean, you can still kind of see what he's doing. This, the, first of all, the speed is insane. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And and he, the way he goes from zero to sixty is the biggest. It's not building up speed. I mean, he just he he'll, he backpedals fast. He goes flying backwards to cover guys. Um, his ability to to take on blockers. He's extremely strong. Getting off blocks is impressive. Again, sideline to sideline speed. It's really hard to truly gauge him not seeing him inside, but watching what he can do, just trying to think, you know, let's just say he was in the middle and he ran up to the offensive line. He's engaged with an offensive lineman. What can you do beyond impress? Again, it's hard to gauge. And then you factor in the idea that possibly teams are going to be a little bit more regional. I've done that with several teams. I did that with Seattle. Kind of. It's not really regional. It's Texas. But kind of sticking to what you know. If you've drafted TCU in the past, stick with TCU. If you've drafted Alabama in the past, stick with that. The bad, the Packers aren't necessarily big on drafting Badgers as a rule, but they are regional. They probably have a little bit more insight. They have more connection. So in this particular case, you could see where maybe that makes a little bit more sense. And um, again, I am. you can put, I, I've officially put him on my list of guys that I do like and would be excited about. Not the highest, because it's it's still kind of iffy, but uh, there you go. So that's it. That is the uh, first round and a little bit of second round draft. I know this is going to be weird for, I'm going to post this in my mock draft group too. They're probably really confused. This this is a Packers podcast, so there you go. That's why we went to pick 34 <laughs> and stopped. But anyways, that's it. Tomorrow, I want to kind of, again, digest a little bit of this and uh, just kind of Maybe just look at some strategy based on what we're hearing from Brian Gutekunst. I really like a lot of what he said, but again, I want to hear it in its full context and try to decide what I think is going on. But um, that'll be the plan for tomorrow. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.